The Courage to Lead, episode 241. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Arlen here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having an exceptional week. I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Wendy Paquette. Wendy Paquette is a personal advisor and confidant to the world's elite creators. She helps them remove the programs, holding them back so they can actualize their deepest desires. She does this using a technique she pioneered and refined over the last 10 years called multidimensional timeline shifting. As a result, her clients are able to access self-actualization and their peace paradigm with extreme clarity, achieving limitless visionary success in life and business. Wendy, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me, Harlan. It's no, great to be here. exciting. Yeah, I've been looking forward <laughs> to the conversation. I love what you do, and I want to learn more about what you do and how you do it, how you came up with your methodology and everything. Um, so many questions, so many questions. Um, <laughs> but before we get started on that, I have 10 questions that I ask every one of my guests. Um, listeners know these are the questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these same questions of his Hollywood guests from TV, film, and stage. And I always figured if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So, Wendy, if you're ready, 10 questions. Go for it. Question number one. What is your favorite word? Oh, gracious. Uh, gracious me is my, it's two words, but it's something that I say all the time when in contemplation. All right. What is your least favorite word? Can't. What turns you on? Inspiration. Something that's inspiring on the spur of the moment. What turns you off? Uh, limitless, limit in someone's uh, experience, limited in someone's experience. So when I'm witnessing someone being limited, that turns me off. Yeah. What sound or noise do you love? The sound of the lake or the ocean crashing up against the sand. Nice. And what sound or noise do you hate? I would say it'd have to be chalkboard scratching. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yep. Um, question seven, what is your favorite curse word? Oh, it definitely starts with an F and you know the rest. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, what profession other than my own? Probably a race car driver. Yeah. Cool. Have you ever done that before? <laughs> I haven't, but I have this real like love of speed and I feel there's a control when I'm actually in that position when I'm driving. So yeah. <laughs> and that just came flying out of my face, interestingly. <laughs> That's good. I've got a recommendation for you. We'll talk. Um, question nine, what profession would you not like to do? Um, what would I not like to do? Probably line worker at a factory. I'm, I'm not a fan of consistent repetition. <laughs> yeah, with you on that. All right. Final question. If heaven exists, 
What would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <laughs> uh, interesting you've asked that question as my enlightenment experience included him. <laughs> so what would I like him to say? Probably uh, well done. Good job. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how you got your start, um, how you got to where you are now, some of the things that you do, the people you work with and how you help them. And at some point, we'll transition into courage and leadership. Sounds wonderful. Awesome. All right, listeners, we'll talk about all that and more right after this. So stick with us. Hey, Coach Arlen here. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you do, make sure you share it with your family, friends, colleagues. Uh, Like it, leave a review, and definitely subscribe. When you subscribe, that helps boost the podcast to where it's uh, seen and heard in a lot of different areas. So make sure you hit that uh, subscribe button and subscribe. And uh, again, thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the episode. And I'm back with my guest, Wendy Paquette. Wendy, thanks again for taking time out to uh, to be with us. Where are you calling in from? I'm actually calling in from Ontario, Canada. And how is your weather up there? Spring, actually, balmy? Beautiful. We had a really, really mild winter. So spring has been fabulous so far. Yeah. I am currently in Durango, Colorado, and it's 30-something degrees outside and Cold and dreary. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Something wrong with this picture. <laughs> Something wrong. Yeah. It's in 50s, which um, I went away on vacation a couple of weeks ago. And when I came back, I felt as though I brought it with me because the 80s showed up and then suddenly it dropped back down into the 50s. So, but I anticipate, you know, a slow, gradual move into summer, which would be really nice. 50s isn't bad, though. As long as there's no snow on the ground, I'm happy. That's true. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. So <laughs> tell me. Tell me how you got your start. Oh, goodness. How did all of this come about? Yeah, in the most incredible way ever, because it wasn't something I was uh, expecting or anticipating. It was more of um, an in-your-face choice. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is I had an enlightenment experience that somewhat forced me to choose this work because I was going to school in my later years for like the third time to university um, in acting. And I was an actor and a singer and that was so much fun. That's all I wanted to do is have fun. And uh, I did work on the side. I did work with people doing alternative therapies and I did that for the love of the, something that was different and effective But what happened, I had an enlightenment experience that changed all of that into um, something that I was, I say forced to choose, not in uh, in a terrible way, but forced because it wouldn't leave me alone kind of thing. So it gifted me the ability to understand and see this reality differently. And from a complete empowered, non-separate oneness paradigm space which changes the game because you can no longer be in competition with anyone. If you see this reality as a oneness space or a oneness paradigm and you see it all as one. So everyone you see, including the things that you don't like, you realize that they are actually you an aspect of you that's behaving mm-hmm. in a particular way. And so it removes judgment. And at that point, having all those things, and that's just it in a nutshell, like that was my catalytic realization. Okay. maybe I get to find a way to make what I know and share what I know fun 
just like acting and singing it. So uh, that's how it started. Utilizing all my, I guess, all the great things you learn in acting and, in you know, music, which is improv and thinking on the spot and, you know, um, braving the stage, you know, irregardless of making a fool of yourself. So you got to utilize all those things, stepping into this new world that I discovered. Nice. And so did that give you that sense of you have a bigger purpose instead of just having fun and stuff, you have more of a, a purpose to to help people? You know what? I, I never considered it that because I believe I I've always really believed that being on this planet is about um, experience and expansion and joy and peace. And so no matter what you look at, if that's what people are experiencing, um, a bigger purpose indicates there's something wrong, right? And you need to implement something to make it right. That's the purpose. Hmm. At least that was my viewpoint. So I didn't feel like a bigger purpose. I felt more like an obligation to myself because Hmm. that's what I knew, right? I knew this information. Why wouldn't I actually utilize it in my own reality? It was different. (laughs) Yeah. But now you help people because you talked about the the programs that we have, those limiting programs that hold people back from whatever yeah. their purpose is, right? Yeah. Talk to me about that. How do you how do you work with people and help them? Yeah. So here's how it transitioned because what originally happened is I was able to help myself with what I knew. And I had such miraculous experiences with with how things were shifting instantaneously for me from maybe something that created a lower frequency emotion or emotional response to my reality or something that happened into a neutral space where I didn't feel anything. I could just keep going that um, I actually accidentally tried it on someone else. (laughs) So whatever I was doing for myself. Um, I had the opportunity to actually att- to do it on someone else, you know, only a few short days later. And it, it was through conversation. I walked her through the same thing I was doing with myself that had created some amazing results. And lo and behold, it worked on others. <laughs> so because of that, I realized I'm like, hold on. If, if it works for me, which was amazing, and it works for others, gee, how could others you know, pop out of their, their frustrations or irritations and their perceived blockages by knowing this or being able to experience this. And that's how that piece started. So that's how I started working with other people is because I had realized just, you know, in a moment's opportunity that I could support others with how they were existing in their world and how they felt about themselves in their life. So that's how it began. And what it looks like now, I mean, it's been a decade, nearly a decade. It's been just over nine years. Um, what that translated into was wherever people's minds were. So I call it programming, but it's also known as belief systems. Mm-hmm. But wherever their minds are at, um, if they are perceiving something that's blocking them or stopping them or preventing them from having what they want, what I know is that that is a program, much like a computer, right? So if our mm-hmm. bodies, which I also... <laughs> like into the languaging around skin suit because i believe we're we're energy in a skin suit right we're souls beautiful souls and skin suits here having an experience an expanded experience our bodies are like the computer the actual hard hard piece of computer our minds are like the uh software and our thoughts 
are like the programs. I shouldn't say are like, are the programs. And so as you're living your reality, whatever you decide, so whatever you program into your software, into your computer, must show up in your reality. Much like we're looking at our regular computers, right? Way, I remember way back when computer for, computers first came out, and this is how I age myself, when we had black and green screens, right? right? The big green square cursor blinking on the screen. And it wasn't until a programmer hopped in and decided, oh, you know what? I figured out the codes for uh, making this computer color. Maybe we can see in full color. So they hopped in, changed the software, right? Programmed color in there. And now we see color. Well, it's the same thing with your body, right? Same thing with this computer that we're wearing, this skin suit as a computer. We're deciding things all the time, also known as programming. We're putting that programming into the computer as software and the software is running and we're seeing it. So I don't wake up in the morning and go, gee, I wonder if I'm going to see black and green screen computer. Right. Like I'm not curious. It just happens because whatever you program in to the computer is. So we see color from here on out. It just keeps getting better. Well, it's the same with the programs that we carry in our, in our brains and our minds with our reality, whatever you program in is, and it shows up in your reality. And you could think that you could wake up in the morning and see it different, but it can't be because whatever you program in is whatever garbage you believe in, garbage to be out, true. Right. That yeah. Saying garbage in garbage. Absolutely. Out. Okay. Whatever you believe to be true is now it doesn't mean that it can't, that that's what it is forever. Because if a programmer went back in my computer and changed it to black and white or black and green, it would change. So what I've discovered, my enlightenment experience gifted me the ability to see those programming pieces in humans as binary sequencing, as programming, and have the ability to change it with them on their permission. And so once changed, the realities change with it, right? They can absolutely expect something to be different in their reality, their experience in their world. So that, I suppose, is in a nutshell, kind of how the process works, how I see this reality. So instead of just going, well, this is work, I thought, how much fun can I have with this? Who can I play with that would make a greater impact that would be excited about it because that's what they want. And so that's over the nine years where I ended up where I'm at today. But there seems like there's a couple hurdles First of all, the person has to understand that their reality, they're creating, right? Because of those programs. And probably where those programs came from, because a lot of the things that hold us back are things that happened to us a long time ago that we grabbed hold of, you know, tucked away in, in the little closet up in our mind. And we carry those with us, right? Um, We do. Yes. What I've learned though I mean, traditional and alternative therapies all bring you to the place where you can recognize where you got it from, where you bought those programs from. Mm -hmm. What I know is that you don't need, you don't need to go there, right? You don't have to dive down into those emotions and bring them back to the present moment. Um, That was once the way. And And it's almost torturous to go back to some really you know, terrible experiences to see where we bought this programming. And then in order to change it, it's, it's, it's quite taxing on your emotions and on your, on your mind, on your heart, on your soul. Um, I always say people don't pay me to do something that they can't do themselves because I believe everyone can do this. It just happens to be my genius in this moment. Everyone's amazing at something. They pay me for speed, for the ability to 
not waste another second in this reality, in the skin suit that they have in their lives to get to where they're going. So do they need to go there and know where it came from? No, because the enlightenment experience that I was gifted was the ability to see it without having to know anything about it. Because yeah. I can see it running in their, you know, running in their consciousness, running in their brains and be able to shut it off. And it doesn't just stop there. I mean, just like a computer, you can do anything. You can add things, you can edit things, you can turn things off. It's literally like I'm a human programmer inside the human matrix, mm-hmm. able to see the programming that's happening from the inside. So you don't need to know any of those things where they came from. You just get to realize, you get to recognize and feel for two seconds, the resonation of your oh God. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's all, that's all that's really required. And even sometimes it doesn't make sense because it's so obscure. Mm-hmm. It's just showing up and you don't have any clue where it might've come from. And that's fine too, because the results are in the pudding <laughs> proofs in the pudding. Once those programming pieces are shut off, the experiences that evoke emotional responses do not happen again at least not in the same way they were happening before, right? So it's a new way of perceiving the human experience in this reality, especially when you're a high-performing entrepreneur and business owner. There's just no escaping your your limitless potential. So to feel stuck has to Mm -hmm. come from somewhere. Absolutely. And I know working with a lot of business owners, they do feel stuck sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So what what are some of the most common programs? Is it like money issues? Is it uh, deservability issues? What is it you see? Yeah, well, over the last nine years, I've discovered um, what what I would call the three pillars of of programming that's in the way in every single human. There's uh, things from slavery to uh, money things. There's a lot of money programming. It's like tons. It just depends on the petri dish you grew up in. Like your environment really indicates a lot of the programming that you have. So yes, absolutely. There are common uh, programming that are in every single human, despite where they, you know, may come from. And I work with three pillars right out of the gate for self-embodiment, meaning being all all the energy of the infinite intelligence in the skin suit now without limitation and without programming that's in the way of them accessing that for themselves. So they know they can realize their own potential here while they're living now. (laughs) So I would say um, judgment is one of the hugest uh, programs I see because people always feel judged, which prevents them from getting anywhere. Guilt. If you have a guilt program for any, for anything, you will have nothing when it relates to something like if you have an inkling or a small program around guilt of something that you want, you won't have it. There's something in the human nature that just makes that the, the absolute stop for people. So guilt's a big one. And I think being seen, heard and acknowledged because we don't even do that for ourselves most times. So there are actually quite a few (laughs) really to name them would take me all day. And in each individual, I make sure to cover those, the three pillars of, of all the human embodiment pieces right out of the gate. So I don't have to wait for those to show up for them. Yeah. It should, you know, we go after it right away. <clears throat> nice. And you have an assessment that you walk them through, right? Does that help focus in on, on what the biggest uh, program is? It does. Is? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, what that does, the assessment really takes them from where, where they are right now. And we talk about where they want to be. Because 
in a in a reality that has a quantum nature about it, the programs are infinite. There's infinite amount of programs. So it's not like a psychic telling you what they see for you in that moment. It's more where are you headed? Let's walk that timeline path and let's see what's in the way now. Because someone could think, use the ego mind to think what they want to change, but I could see those programmings and shut them off. But that doesn't mean that's going to change their reality because they might not be walking that pathway. So we get really deep into where do they want to be? What do they want to experience? Let's walk that timeline right now here in the present, see what's in the way right now and remove the obstacles, which are the limiting programs that are in their minds right now. Do they often see what's holding them back or, or do you have to kind of help point out what you think might be holding Um, them back? I walk them into seeing it first themselves because I think that's more powerful for them to understand that it's always been there (laughs) and they can see it too. It's not just something that I can see. They have access to it. Uh, The only time I would tell them ahead of time is if they're using their brain too hard to try to find something, there's a potential that they can make up other stuff and that will create other program pieces. Like they can't find, they don't have the capacity to find it. They're not good enough. All those other programming pieces could kick in. So if I see them trying too hard to connect with what's really on the table right now, I will share it. And hundred percent of the time they're like, Oh my God. Yeah. I totally. Yeah. Like I saw that, but I, I, you know, I didn't think that was it. As soon as they use the words, think thought, you know, in the, in the mind space, yeah, yeah. the, that space, which I call like the, the filing cabinet of data that we've mm-hmm. realized in this reality is all they have up until today. Everything else comes from, the infinite intelligence of source energy, which they also have. And that's access through, you know, the heart center. Yeah. We have access to it. People don't always tap into it though. Right. That's um, precisely it, true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause our, our beliefs drive our thoughts, which drive our actions, which give us our results. If you can get back to where those beliefs are, where did that belief come from? Somebody said something to you years ago and you took that in and not only held onto it, but you believed it at some point. And that's yeah. kind of become that that reality program that, oh, I can't do that. I'm, I'm never going to be good enough to do this. You know, I'm never going to yeah. be smart enough, fast enough and everything. And, and we believe that. What makes Absolutely. us want to believe those things? <laughs> well, and we, and by nature, when we question our own like existence, our own ways of being, that's how we create these crappy programs in the beginning. Someone needs to just say something to you maybe once or more than once about you or you may hear it from multiple people more than once like oh how could you possibly not see that right just just out of whatever it was happening if you've heard that a couple times you might start to question like am i why can't i see that now you've bought a program that you are not able to see the things that matter well what happens is you program you program program that right into your brain and now you whatever you believe to be true is So you are absolutely not going to see the things that matter, not because you can't, but because that program that you bought that you're not able to is going to be the dominant program that shows up in your reality. Hmm. Imagine all the things that you create accidentally that now make your reality. Now, on the opposite side of that, how incredible can your reality be when we address these, shut them all off and see what occurs? Yeah. And that's the thing that always gets to me. It's like, okay, so if, if in my mind I created this, 
why can't I create this? You know, why can't I create something yeah. bigger and better? And it's just getting past all those, those programs that we've taken on and, and yeah. put in. Yeah. Well, not necessarily getting past them because whatever they are is running. So you can't get past something that is, right? You, have you to can shut look, them down and get rid of them. Exactly. Because you could stare at your computer all day and hope you can get past the fact that it's color and you want it to go back to black and white. And it's not going back. Why? Because right. the program indicates color. Until you shut the program off, will you get what you want? Which means if you want black and white, we shut the color program off and invite black and white to be the program now. Same thing. So hmm. what we've been taught traditionally all along about getting past something allows people to think that they're not strong enough. They're not good yeah. enough. They're not capable. Why? Because they can't get there. Well, that's not true at all <laughs> because the only reason they can't get there is because the other program is running and is dominant anyway. And you're going to see whatever you've decided. So it's really a simple process when we start to untangle all of it. It's so easy. It's easy for me. And I'll say that with tongue in cheek because it is my genius and it is something that I can see as easily as breathing. Yeah. And I teach everyone all along the way how. Here's how you can identify these things. Here's how you can see that they're in the way. Can you shut them off? I don't know. Play with it and see, right? Like I can double check it later. I don't think anyone is incapable of shutting their own programs off. The difference is you cannot BS yourself into thinking, oh, I thought I was over that. Oh, I thought I got over that. Well, okay. You may have thought that. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's actually gone. It means for that moment up until now, you might have just not had it in the way, right? Mm -hmm. So humans had a habit of trying to think their way into something. And the thinker mm -hmm. is what creates the BS programs in the beginning. Yes. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, you know? I had um, author Bob Berg on the program a few weeks ago. He created the uh, the Go-Giver series of books, mm -hmm. phenomenal mm -hmm. books. If you haven't read them, read them. Amazing. Um, he was saying that, uh, you know, we do things and then we try to rationalize what we do. And he yeah. said, if you take that word and break it apart, we tell ourselves rational lies yeah, to explain why we do what we do. Because what we yeah. need to do is just stop what we're doing and do what we should be doing instead. So when you're working with your clients, how do you help them replace those programs or stop those programs or overwrite the program with that, that new program? How do you do that? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a little bit of a phenomenon for me because the how for me is different than anyone would be able to conceive. So because in the energy space, I can see the program actually running as a binary sequence. I see that it starts with the one and one is on and zero is off. And so for me, as I see it running as zeros and ones, I turn the one to a zero and it's off and I can see it actually end. So I know it's off. Now, how can someone else, like, how do I support them to do it? Well, we do it together when we discuss the program that's there. And then I ask their permission to shut it off because then I know after nine years, I know when I shut it off, that sucker disappears. I know that for them, there's probably other programming in place. If I were to leave it up to them to shut it off, that would question whether they were capable. All the other programs would kick in, right? And may or may not allow that program to be eliminated. So that's why, you know, could I teach someone to do it? Maybe, right? <clears throat> I do my best 
to get them to the empowered space of being able to identify them and work through them the way they best can. But my role is to accelerate the process so we can get through as many as humanly possible so they can get to where they're at, right? My goal is, where do you want to be? Let's get there. So I'm, I'm going through it as quick as I can to get through and shut off as many programs as possible in order for them to finally feel like, hey, I don't have that block anymore. I'm like, I have what I want. And it happens all the time, right? So they're not, they're not paying me for something they can't figure out on their own in their own lifetime. They're paying me for the speed of having it now, right? So it's not something yeah. um, that I want to take a million years to do. I don't want someone to be stuck at my side for a decade, I want them to be able to have what they, they're after. If the billion dollars is what they're going to create, which I have clients that that's their target and they're well on their way, then we get there. I have zero judgment where someone wants to be. Yeah. It's a matter of, okay, well, let's see the you know crappy programs that are stopping you from having it and shut them off and let's go. Um, we don't know what it is until we get there. Nice. And, yeah. Very cool. So you talk about mm-hmm. multidimensional timeline shifting. Mm-hmm. So the timelines come into it. The timelines are you're on right now. You're on a timeline that you're walking a pathway. And if you change nothing, you're going to get to wherever you get to. Whether you, if you're feeling stuck, you'll feel stuck the whole way through until something happens to unstuck you, you unstuck yourself or however, however it looks. You may have an instinct that you believe you might not actually get where you're going because of the stuck fields of energy that are in front of you. When we shift a program, it's all science frequency. We turn a program off. Anything that's holding you back is a lower frequency program. Because if you're not able to access your own human potential, which is continuously growing and raising your frequency to the highest level so that you have access to things you've never had access to before, right? You're in a lower frequency programming space. So every time we shut a program off, you raise a frequency and shift a parallel. So where it's not like you're shutting it off and it was once on, you're moving to a parallel where that programming piece never existed. So it's because the higher frequency doesn't allow for that lower frequency to be so. Make sense? So as you move timeline, now the trajectory of your life has changed. Why? Because that lower frequency programming is no longer in the way, right? What's the next one? And as you keep going, you're on a multidimensional timeline shift because you're parallel jumping up higher frequencies, which give you access to different things in this reality that you see people accessing. You can't understand why you're not getting there. They're just on a different frequency than you. Hmm. So you have access to that when you drop off the lower frequencies and then walk, you know, like just straight into what you want as you raise your frequencies up. So it's not like you can't have all those things. You can, yeah. right? They're just in a different frequency than you. So it's a, it's a science game, really, truly. I just, I can't explain how I have the ability to yeah. create from that space. And, you know, quite frankly, I don't care how I do. Yeah. I don't have a desire to like deeply, deeply know. I get, um, you know, shown I read a lot of science books because of course I'm curious for fun. I find a lot of quantum physics experiments that I'm like the walking example of the experiment itself. Mm. Right. Which is cool and fun for me to know. Um, But what I'm finding is this is the new science. 
a new science of how this reality can run. We just don't quite understand it fully. At least I don't. But and what I do know is- a lot about, mm-hmm. sorry, you do hear a lot about frequencies. You know, people talking yeah. about these different frequencies and stuff like that, that, um, and I, I, I don't understand it, right? I'm green when, when it comes to this stuff, but it, it does make sense that if yeah. we're energy, energy vibrates at a certain frequency, you can change that frequency so you can kind of change yeah. your energy level, right? Which opens up mm-hmm. new things for you. So I, like I said, on, on the big scale, it makes sense to me, just how the inner workings happen. Yeah, well, I think it's all the same, right? Big or small. On the quantum level, it's infinite. So that you're in a skin suit, as I call it, this beautiful, you know, body that we're, we're wandering, wandering around in as infinite energy, quantum energy. It is the most dense thing you carry aside from the things in your world. So the denser, if you, if, you know, if you tested the densities, you want to be as light as you can in order to access a different experience. And so in this case, that's what we're doing. We're raising the frequency and the density in order to have a different experience in the skin suit. And what I've realized is that when we turn a program off, the program itself has a particular frequency, which is a particular number. In Because it's programmed in you, in your body and your reality, your body carries the toxin of the same frequency. Mm. When we shut that frequency off or we shut that programming off, your body naturally spits out that frequency and that toxin, which is why a lot of people have healing crisis or healing, you know, and they go and they do some work and all of a sudden they kind of have, you know, where they have a day where they need to drink more water, detox after. That's the same thing because you're shutting off these frequencies that are, they're equal in your body to a toxin frequency. So imagine if you kept shutting them off, how healthy you would become frequency holds, you know, the toxicity of high and low, right? So if you keep shutting these off, your health begins to improve. And I'm absolutely not a doctor and I'm not claiming any, you know, um, health advice at all or any medical advice. But what I do know is what I've witnessed with myself and with everyone I've worked with is that is physically actually true. Like I've made myself extremely ill shutting off too many programs at once because I got excited. I found a pocket of something that was holding me back, shut them all off. And I had instantaneous, and I mean instant, within like an hour or two, I had sinus lung infection instantaneously. Wow. Yeah. And the difference is I knew, I'm like, oh, I didn't catch this from a germ. I actually, I'm detoxing so my, you know, so fully this is the way it's coming out of my body. It's the only way that it's, it's presenting itself. And so I just managed myself all the way through. It wasn't pretty and it wasn't fun, but I learned, I've done it a couple times and I'd say on accident only because, I mean, I'd say the third time was an accident. I knew in the moment, you know, what was happening, but I am very conscious when I work with others that I don't go too far because everybody gets really excited when they start to see the results of the work mm-hmm. They want to keep going as fast as they can. And I'm extremely mindful of their health and well-being at that point. But that's also science. Yeah. Right? That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So you talked about an enlightening experience. Um, Just go back to that for a second. How did that happen? Was there some, some... something that happened in, in a moment, like you hear people have, they have an accident and when they come out of the accident, suddenly they can see 
everything that's been wrong in their life and how to fix it and stuff. Yeah. Was it something like that? Was it a clap of thunder? Was what, how exactly <laughs> did this come about? It was, um, well, it was unexpected, right? Obviously enlightenment experiences are instantaneous. I didn't have an accident, but what I did have was a moment of realization that I knew that all these concepts in alternative therapies and energy work and all that stuff was real and true. And yet, and I was doing it with others at the time I was doing deep state theta hypnosis where some really wild stuff was happening, right? With the clients I had, and I found myself intuitively going places that, you know, I didn't really even understand myself, but it created these magical experiences on the other side. And at some point I found myself after a client would leave after these miraculous experiences, uh, feeling extremely sad that I didn't have that. Why can't I feel what they're feeling? Why can't I heal what I have ailment ailing me, right? Why can't I have the type of life that I really want? How is this happening with them? And I'm the facilitator of it and I don't actually have it. And so in a moment of, you know, I guess it was a fit of anger because of everything I was reading. Um, I wasn't, I, I wanted to believe so badly that it was true and I was seeing results of it, but I didn't feel it in my body. I didn't feel like I know for sure this is real and true. I'm seeing it with others, but I've not experienced it no matter what I've done. So I ended up taking myself on, walked into the mirror crying and the snotty fit of, you know, like anger and frustration, irritation saying like, okay, well you read these books, like ask and it is given, right? Ask and it is given. And that's not, I don't see that working. And we're talking, we hear about angels and guides and aliens and all these crazy things that you can't see with your eyeballs. And everybody says they're true, but I don't see it, but I'm seeing this miraculous experience. So I'm asking you, oh, and I was kind of ignorant. I remember ignorant, being ignorant about it because I was so angry. I'm like, oh, and if you don't understand me asking things, beings, whatever energy that I can't see, this is me asking now, drop my gifts, what I'm here to do into me now or pluck me off this godforsaken hurling stone in the multiverse because I'm not having fun anymore and I know this place is for joy that I do know and I'm not having it <laughs> and so I hopped into the tub and so that's a work I always meditate in the bathtub I figured two birds one stone right get sure, clean meditate yeah. <laughs> and I decided to do a session on myself which I do on others which created really cool things with them and in that space uh, I asked for guidance. I'm like, just, just make it so like make someone show up in there, like in my mind's eye or whatever, do the weird stuff, like drop it on me now. And, um, and what happened was uh, there was a happy place that you bring clients to and mine is the beach. So I brought myself there, waving my hand through the sand thinking, okay, this is my happy space. And the sand actually turned into in my mind's eye, right. In my own deep state, hypnosis turned into a vortex and I fell into it. Hmm. And when I fell in, um, I landed in the cement box, which I was sitting on a cement chair. It was damp. It was dark. It was cold. And I thought, this is no happy place. <laughs> and I, I immediately knew I'm like, oh, this is how I see my life. Hmm. And I immediately, I felt other aspects of myself present like say my higher self, my present self and a witness. And suddenly in the corner of my eye, I saw there was, it seemed like a cement desk kind of thing. And I saw a being sitting there, a person 
well, one aspect of me said to, to the present me, well, uh, someone's sitting over there. You going to look? What's the matter? You afraid? <laughs> and of course, the feisty part of me was like, no, I'm not afraid, right? So I turned my head to look. And up stands this, it looked like seven foot tall man. And he had a robe and a sash on. And he looked exactly like the picture of God on my grandmother's wall. Mm. And I was mm. like, oh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a religious person. I don't like, I don't go, you know, that's just not something that's yeah. present in my reality. I understand it, but I wasn't that. And so I thought, okay, well, that's master, right? I don't know. I had no words really. And uh, as I looked at him, he walked around the table, the cement table, and he didn't say anything. He just put his arms out to hug me. And so in my, in my mind, in the moment, I thought, okay, I'm a hugger. I can hug. So, so I hugged him and he was so tall. My cheek was up against his belly and my arms were wrapped around him. And I thought, oh, like I felt this peace was such a peace. I just didn't want to let go. I thought if I had a choice, I'd never leave. That's in my mind. I thought, oh, this is how, you know, one gets to feel. And suddenly he went like right inside of me, disappeared inside of me. And of course, my instantaneous response was, oh, like it's done already. <laughs> He's gone. Like, where, where did you go? And then I just heard this very strong uh, man's tone saying, Wendy, your first task is to love with my heart. And I was like, okay, okay. And then I finished off the session and I get out of the tub and I'm sitting on the edge of the tub. And I, I said what every single client said to me after a crazy, awesome session. Did that just happen? Did that just happen? Did I just experience that? Right. And usually I'm that conscious person saying, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. Telling them it did. I have it on recording. Here you go. Right. But in the moment I didn't have that. I had myself. I'm thinking, Oh, gracious me. I had no emotions at all about it. I, I had only my brain thinking now, what do I do? What did he mean by that? You know, your only, your first task is to love my hair. What do I got to do now? Well, does that mean if I hug somebody, well, if I hugged you, Harlan, would you know the difference if I said, you know, if I loved you with God's heart over mine, are you going to know the difference? Like, I really yeah, had yeah. this, you know, human way of perceiving what was said to me, what was asked of me. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that was the beginning of an experience. And so I probably spent about eight months not understanding what was going on. In the meantime, I, I also felt as though someone handed me the keys of the multiverse and went, oh, you asked for it? Here you go. And I'm like, what, what do I do with this? Oh, this is just too much information. Like all of a sudden things started making sense that I didn't understand before. And, you know, I, I started to understand the universe and science and all the kind of things that I didn't really even know anything about until suddenly I did. And with myself, I had a moment where um, it, it was just an off moment. It was something my husband did that irritated the heck out of me. Like I had a lot of emotion over it. And I, he, he, it was a long story short, he was going to create, he asked for something. So he was going to create some money. He, the opportunity came to him. 
All he had to do is drive up to another city to learn this and then bring it back. And he was going to make tons of money. So in my mind, I thought, well, I watched him create, I, I watched him want this opportunity. I watched him create it. I watched it come to him. And then I watched him deny it. Hmm. And I was like, oh God, if that isn't like the whole world. And I was angry. I thought, how could you do this? And so I was in the tub holding out my hand going, what is he being? <laughs> what is he being? And then I, I'm like, well, he's being someone who creates opportunities and doesn't take them. And then I thought, well, what am I going to do with this information? And then all of a sudden I thought, well, I'm going to love it with God's heart. That's what I'm going to do. Cause I don't know what else to do with it. And I, because I was holding my hand out, I brought it in front of me and my whole body breathed Harlan, mm-hmm. like, <gasps> and I felt it through my whole body. It was visceral. And I was like, wow. I sat, I kind of came, like came back to my, you know, awareness. And I went, Oh my God, I'm not angry anymore. What just happened? I had no feeling of irritation, anger, frustration, none of that feeling at all. What I had just seconds before. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that was wow. What was that? Okay. So I thought, well, I'm going to try that again. So I basically reverse engineered what, what I remembered doing and it worked again. And I was like, instantaneously eliminate lower frequency emotions. What? Okay. So the next day, ironically, I had um, a luncheon with some ladies that were gathering and the woman that was running it said, Hey, do you have something to share with me? And she had been speaking for half an hour. I said, no, but I have something I want to talk to you about. Cause she had kept saying something about herself while she was speaking. And so I said, can I try something on you? <laughs> She's like, sure. So guess what? I'm like, hmm, it works on others, <laughs> right? Because she was, it was such an anomaly. She's like, I can't even think of the word that I was just saying. Like what she was calling herself was a control freak. Mm. And she had to make sure to ensure that everyone else knew that that's what she was because that's how it showed up for others. And basically we, were not, we worked with that word, that frequency, and it disappeared instantaneously. And she was like out of her body, like freaked out about it and i'm like okay so it works on other people and here we are nine years later it has grown expanded and i have far more insight than i ever have had since that day my only if i had to say i had a struggle was to how to speak to it or about it with others and not look like the biggest freak on the planet and uh, since over that because i see the results it creates so that no longer matters But what I have learned is that those on the higher frequencies already creating massive impact who have had a lot of successes already, man, do they shift quick and do they get where they want to go fast? And that's fun for me. And so circling back to the original thought was, how can I be joyful on this planet and live, you know, joyfully and peacefully? Because that's why we're here. And so that's exactly what we create that experience. Love that. That's awesome. That is very cool. So courage. We talk about Mm -hmm. courage on the program. Um, Where do you find the courage to leave the nine to five job to create your own success? Where do you find the courage to overcome setbacks like divorce, bankruptcy, illness, failures? Where did you get your courage to, to take something that helped you and say, I'm taking this out into the world. 
Because a lot mm. of people, I think they have those shifts, but it's like, well, I don't really want to talk about it because I don't think people will understand or it's too woo-woo yeah. for people or something like that. Where did you find that courage to say, I've learned this and I want to share? Yeah, well, <laughs> this is the best question ever because I, I don't believe I've had this question before. And this evokes such an incredible thought in my mind. What caused me to share and work with others and change my life literally because I could no longer do what I thought I was here to do was telling one person who didn't think me crazy was like, wow, that is an incredible experience. And then I told the next one and they had the same thought and the next one and all the people that I told were people that I was certain would judge me and didn't. And so the courage of just telling them going, okay, well, I'm just going to say this. Like you may not ever want to talk to me again or whatever that I just couldn't not be myself. And I was an allowance of, you know, others to completely never talk to me again. Cause I thought I can't, I can't change who I am. And the experience I had is real. And even if I didn't ask for it and it occurred, you know, and it, it's so different and so strange, I just can't not I can't pretend that it's not actually who I am. And so the more I shared it, the more incredible things occurred. And I was able to help people in spaces that I was even blown away by myself. And that was inspiring. And so when I'm inspired, I'm like, okay, like how can I create more of this, more inspiration? And that level of joy and peace is contagious. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it completely works with business because you know, I don't look at the business of luxury or of making a lot of money as a bad thing. I certainly don't judge it. I, I'm in that space. I love luxurious things. I love, you know, to be able to create what I want to create when I want to create it. And everyone has the same capacity. So working with others in order to create and generate is the easiest thing on the planet. How much money do you want to create? How quickly and what type of impact are you creating that you are going to be so blissed out that you can't not love your life so much it's hard to sleep that's the kind of human that i want to work with but you're just so authentic you radiate this you know what i mean you come across some people who talk about stuff and it's like you just read a book didn't you you know <laughs> you just watched a youtube video or something you come across so authentic and and like i said you just kind of radiate this energy so i think it's awesome Thank you so much, yeah. Harlan. Um, cool. It's hard not to be you and you're the same. It's you show up and be you. And when you're unobstructed by programming, by BS programming that, you know, you accidentally bought for yourself, it's, you know, you don't have a judgment of what people think of you because you know that in a oneness paradigm, they are you in some way, shape or form. And that'd be like judging yourself and that'd be silly. What would be the point? Yeah. Hmm. That's, that's deep. That is true. If we create our reality, we're creating the people that are in our reality too, kind of, right? Well, we all come from the same source energy. So how can we not all recognize that we all come from that same space and we go back to it? So we pop in into a unique individual skin suit to have a beautiful experience and create while we're here. Cause that's the fun of it. Whatever we want, it includes love and connection with other humans who are also source energy in a skin suit, which is where we came from. 
you know, once all kind of mixed together, right? Souls floating around together. And when we die, when the skin suit dies, we all go back to that. Who knows what happens after that? I'm certainly not going to say I would have any clue as to what that would look like. But what I do know is how we can live here now joyfully, <laughs> which is all we have. Yeah. Until we don't, right? Yeah. Good stuff. Final question on leadership. I didn't get to the leadership stuff. Um, What do you look for in a leader and the leaders that uh, people that you work with that are leaders, what do they most struggle with? Well, what do I look for in a leader? Uh, A lot of the things that, that I exemplify myself because of removing all those programs, the ability to risk being ridiculed and judged because you understand something that maybe other people don't and making that okay. So having new ideas, being innovative and inspired by a reality that includes communities and get, you know, love and people and making the type of change that we all benefit from, not just one person, but everyone benefits from and is a collective hell yes to not just pushing their own agenda into a space that they want, but actually saying, hey, this could this could support humanity in my own unique little way. What do you think? Is this something that everyone would want? And watching as people raise their hands and acknowledging those who do and those who don't without judgment. That's what I'd look for. That's who I can stand with and, and know that my opinion is not going to be judged in that space, but just be but, a, but an opinion. Yeah. And what do they most struggle with? I would say they fear rejection and judgment the most, even though they may put on the brave face underneath of it, all that those programming pieces create the judgment and the fear of rejection and not good enough, even though they're in that space already, that's what creates illnesses because those frequencies, which are toxins on our body could multiply, amplify, or attract other lower frequency toxins or also known as programs. And become the detriment to our existence, right? So we work with those frequencies in order to step in and be like, yeah, this is uh, my unique expression from my viewpoint. We all have the same capacity. What inspires you the most to, to be like, yeah, this is something I know. And how can you source more information energetically from the infinite space? Because we all have access to it to inspire a greater expansion of that, which might not be known on this planet right now. Right. That's what we're all after. And how much fun can we have doing it, connecting with each other so that the globe becomes united in a way that we've not experienced? Yeah. I read a book a long time ago about if you have, let's say, an ulcer, that's because of this anger or whatever it is that you're holding on to. If you have lower back pain, it could be this. If you have, you know, tension mm-hmm. in your neck, and do you? subscribe to that too, that the, the pains that we have are, are due directly to those either beliefs or the programs that, that we're holding on to? I would say I don't subscribe to it, but I certainly see it. And those programming pieces are real and true. Yes. Whatever you believe to be true is Harlan. So um, is it evident that that is something that happens? Absolutely. Like lower back could be support, Right. All like it all makes sense, absolutely. Like the mm-hmm. Lewis, uh, Louise Hay, you know, indicators, 
Absolutely. Those are the openings of understanding that your energetic reality is going to manifest in your body in some way, shape or form and outside of you. So absolutely. Those are real and true. What I would say is anything that you subscribe to, like, as you've said, or you buy into becomes true for you, whether you like it or not. Even if you think, oh my God, I believe that to be true, but I'm terrified of it. Well, guess what? (laughs) That's going to become a program that you must see. Why? Because you bought that program as true for you, even though you are afraid of it. Right. Right? So if you can imagine things that people are fearful of with cancers, how you, how they could come about or illnesses or things of that nature, or even um, if you look from a a magic space of, if you believe like curses and all those things, that's why those things were always so powerful back when they were real and true. If you're looking through history, it's because there was so much belief in them. Everyone bought the program, Right. right? So that's how they become so powerful. Well, unfortunately, we can look back and see that now and go, wow, we still carry some of those through to today. If you look at how many people study all sorts of different things and believe them to be true, what you get to, I suppose, if you choose to evolve into something, it's what do I believe to be true about me that's going to uh, inspire and make this world a peaceful place where the things that I'm afraid of no longer exist because of that. So how could there be wars if we all had a massive amount of peace frequency with programming not there to support the the need or even reality with war now will it happen in our lifetime my lifetime probably not but can it be inspired by now absolutely absolutely and what you can create in your reality is infinite So if it's inspired by joy and peace and love, how can you go wrong? Really? You can create anything you want (laughs) and have anything you want with those frequencies and experience that without competition, without judgment, right? Without, you know, having others around you who are jealous. It's just such a different space. And it's available now. I suppose that's the biggest message I I know for sure. can it be global someday? Right. But it starts here now, one beautiful being at a time. Nice. Love that. So how, how can people find out more about what you do and connect with you and, and any of the programs you offer, any of the things you do and the assessment that you have, how can they do that? What's your website? Uh, it's wendypocket.com and you'll find the assessment on there. And up until now, I, my work has been referral based and I haven't done a whole lot of anything that I put out on, on the internet, but I have done some interviews and things of that nature that can be found um, just to see a little bit more about the work, but I'm open to having conversations with anyone. There is um, a fee for the assessment because there's not a whole lot of time in my world for uh, doing things, but I will um, offer your audience a special, uh, special rate for being part of the courage to lead listening to the podcast and following you as a beautiful human. Um, I will absolutely do that. And you can put that in your show notes for um, your amazing followers. And yeah, I mean, just pop into my world. I somehow, uh, if you feel resonant to the languaging I'm using, then perhaps you're ready 
I mean, I have zero judgment. So are you ready or not? Maybe, you know, someday, maybe never, maybe you actually, you know, you're absolutely resistant to the languaging or whatever it looks like. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Be joyful either way. And I would love to have conversations with leaders on the planet who can accelerate the capacity to experience a greater peace right now. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Cause I know, like I said, a lot of clients, they keep hitting the same brick wall over and over and over and over, and they can't understand why that's holding them back. It would be nice for them to take the time out, talk to you and, and see how they can reprogram your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, one thing I, I hadn't shared with that, which is coming up right now for me to share with you, and it's kind of a bonus add on is because you're in a skin suit, all of us, how you can identify that you have programs in the way if you think, well, how do I know if I have a program in the way? Like, I just feel like I can't get somewhere. The indicators are your emotions. If you're having lower frequency emotions, you're, rec- you're in recognition of a program that's running that's not in alignment to your true nature as source energy. And so lower frequency emotions are the indicator. I have actually a workshop, a few workshops that I've done that um, I can give you the link to as well. So people can actually see what that might look like, how they they can identify their lower frequency emotional programs. But um, yeah, conversations make it easier because I can dive right into their frequency as a human programmer and and see literally what's happening right now, right here, and accelerate that process with people if they choose to do something about it. (laughs) Excellent. That is awesome. Um, So your website, wendypeckett.com. Paquette, I've got yep. it up. It's a beautiful website. Very well done. You. Um, you're also active on LinkedIn. Is that correct? Um, well, I'm becoming more active. <laughs> that is my commitment. Um, I haven't up until now, but I am learning. So if anyone wants to connect with me, I'd say that would be the place. Um, otherwise, more things will pop up in the future. I just can't guarantee when. <laughs> Perfect. No, I think that's great. I will have those links in the show notes so people know how to how to follow you and get in touch with you and check out all the things you're doing and stuff. Wendy, thank you so much. This has been awesome. I could talk about this stuff for hours because I I just find it fascinating. And uh, having experienced a lot of those programs, the, the head trash, basically programs that, that we, yeah, this yeah. is good work. Good stuff. Thank you so much for having me, Harlan. I really enjoyed conversation with you. Thank you. Absolutely. And we'll do it again. We'll do it again. All right. Absolutely. Listeners, hope you guys are I've taking lots of notes, lots of good information here. Definitely check out the websites um, and, and her LinkedIn profile. I'll have all that in the show notes for you. Share this episode with your family, friends, colleagues. Um, subscribe to the podcast because that helps in more ways than you know. And stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan, saying so long for now.